Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. Today, we have two gentlemen that are dear to my heart, that have been team leaders, that are broker owners, and are thought leaders across the country, Mr. Chris Waters and Scott Solari. They've both been on the podcast separately, but today, we are creating some nuclear energy, and we are all three together. How are you guys doing today? Ah, Great, man. Got to be here. Fired up now. Fired up. Let's go. Let's go. Well, let's uh, let's dive into the topics that you guys have near and dear to your heart. I know we're rounding this fourth quarter corner coming into 2023. Everyone's bitching and moaning because the marketing is saying that the real estate market isn't good, but most markets are still seller markets with less than two months of inventory. What say you, Chris Waters? You know, it depends on the market. I mean, like my home base of Austin, Texas is one of those outliers that's seen inventory go 400%, prices are down 20%, all this since May. So pause the for a second. Didn't... Inventory up 400% when it was only at seven houses. So now you're sitting at 28 <laughs> houses. I mean, let's be honest, you know, dude. So, if the market no, no, was a no, joke, no, well, was, in Denver, Colorado, there were less than like 120 homes on the MLS last summer. So if it's up yeah. 400%, now there might be 400 homes on the market and there's 7,000 a month that sell. So we're still a let seller's me, market. Let me give you, let me, let me give you another ratio. So the, the percentage of homes that go pending sale every week in the MLS is 3%. Okay. So that means there's yeah, 33 well. weeks of inventory. Yep. Cause rates are down buying power. Or sorry. Rates are up buying powers down. So that's, I mean, the, Austin, that's the issue, Texas right? Was, well, yeah, I mean, Austin, Texas is one of those markets where we saw like 70 to 90% appreciation. So affordability is a big issue. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in other markets across Texas, they're doing fine, like Dallas, San Antonio, you know, the ancillary markets in Texas are good. But um, our home base in Austin, it's definitely getting its butt kicked, like uh, yeah. Phoenix. And um, you guys are, how, where do you lie on like the top 10 cities? You're up there, right? Uh, I'm say, ask that question one more time. Are you in the top 10 cities in America based on population? I don't know uh, where no. Austin hits. I think, I think it's in, oh, oh, in relation. Is. Yeah. I think it's in relation to Austin growth. Austin is too. like 2 million people. Okay. And it's, yeah. Yeah, it's booming in terms of growth, right? Dallas as well. Yeah, or it was, right? It was yeah, booming. Exactly. And, and, and Phoenix is always building new homes and building. Like, so you, you see the, and Denver was building yeah. and new, you know, growing. So you can see the, those markets, why they're getting hit a little harder, probably. Sure. And I started off with this topic because I'm sick of the bitching and moaning. Um, I was born in 2006. I got my license and I sold 50 homes my first year. And everyone said, oh man, this is going to be a tough market. And then seven, oh man, it's going to be a tough market. Eight, nine, 10. And every year my inventory grew. Every year I sold more houses, made more money. And I ignored the messaging because how many houses sold last month in Austin, Texas, Chris Waters? Um, total number of homes sold last month was 1200. Okay. So if you had sold 500 of those 1200, how would you have done? Um, it depends on my commission splits with the agents. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> but this is the point I make to agents that cry. I'm like, okay, there's a, in Omaha, we don't get impacted like the Western, Southern, Eastern sides of the United States, but it's been about a thousand doors a month for the last 10 years. 
uh, 2000 sides a month and agents bitching. And I'm like, dude, you're trying to make a hundred grand a year. That takes 24 sales. You need to sell two houses this month. You don't need to worry about interest rates going up to sell two houses. No, I agree 100%. I mean, I think the average agent shouldn't be complaining. I mean, you just need to go out there and get a bigger slice of the pie. Um, You know, for as you well know, there is a law of diminishing return with the team model. Once you get up to selling, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred houses, and you got to decide, am I going to flip to being agent count driven versus agent productivity? Mm. And, uh, you know, and that, and that, you know, requires you to change your splits. Why can't it be both? Just to challenge you, why can't Um, it be both? You know, it's, I, I, what's interesting, man, what's so interesting is I've, I've asked that question so many times and everybody I know that has done both ends up shutting the brokerage down. Um, their, their team ends up making all the profit, takes all, makes all the profit team does and the brokerage makes very little. Loss leader, um, the service, the ancillaries. Yes. So anyways, it just, you know, there's only so many hours in a day and, you know, they're both very active businesses. Uh, you know, they're not like, it's not like owning stock in a company and getting paid a shareholder distribution every quarter. Mm-hmm. So, you know. All right. I think about, you know, I, I had several meetings with Gary before we chose to go over to Keller Williams and make that our brokerage in Nebraska. And Gary said, you know, it's funny how often so many people go out there and they try to do things differently. He's like, I own the largest real estate company in North America. I have the most amount of agents. Arguably, he makes net the most amount of money and everyone else thinks that they can create a different wheel. And I don't know. We'll oh, see well. over the next couple of years if his strategy was the right one, if it's going to last over the next five to 10 You've got a lot of big tech trying to take the replace the necessity of an agent. And I think times like this, people will use agents more than times yeah. like where we were a year ago. You know, man, at the end of the day, I mean, I think all of these companies in the tech world are realizing that the agent is the linchpin and that's not going anywhere. You know, the, yep. the transaction is too complicated. Um, you know, you're talking about a, uh, you know, and, and one of the big, uh, I feel like I'm preaching the choir here to you guys. <laughs> It's their biggest asset. They want a, a human being to talk to when it, as it relates to your, your biggest asset. And, um, you know, it's like one thing to trade something or to buy something on Amazon or eBay, you know, that costs $10, $20. But when you only transact as a consumer every five to seven years, you want somebody you can trust at a high degree to create that certainty to make sure you don't screw things up. Yep. Most personality types want that. And it, yeah, it helps I mean, for that. And the, the piggyback onto that, like the reality is most people are very busy in their lives and they don't have time to sit and do all the research or they're not that personality type to figure it out on their own. They want to be able to rely on someone they can trust to guide them through the process so that they know that they're getting the best situation or the best deal in this big transaction, right? And that's that's the reality. That's the majority of people. I think that the, you know, the thing that's been going on in our industry is like, you got these people trying to build the all in one solution to offer it all to the consumer. Um, and then, you know, and then I think you, this is, and then this is where RealSync comes in, right? You like basically pick best in class software applications, get, you know, all what's of real, these. What's RealSync? Uh, Scott. <laughs> And I have to be facetious as the host. Yeah, yeah. So 
We have new audience members that haven't gotten the pleasure of hearing Scott Solari speak. So Scott, go ahead and explain (laughs) to us what is RealSync. Well, well, so RealSync is what's known as a middleware platform. If you've heard of Zapier, we're similar to that, but we're specific Mm -hmm. to real estate property tech. The reality is we move data from system to system. So the systems and softwares that you're using in your business, we're going to make sure that your data is moving back and forth and yep. is all automated, right? So automation is the, the Here's the a good word. example. We were on, we've been on the Boomtown platform for 11 years. We launched our CSU platform and the two weren't integrated at the time. And we had specific things we wanted to transfer from Boomtown to CSU. And there is an open API. And so we used RealSync to connect those two things. Did I say that right, Scott? I you did. Best, I, you know, you did. my my favorite way to explain um, RealSync is they basically build a a bridge in cyberspace between two totally independent software applications. And you know, Zapier is a very has very limited from a functionality perspective. A huge aha for me was I didn't understand what middleware was. And then as I went down the rabbit hole, I learned that every Fortune 500 company or Fortune 1000 company or Fortune 5000 company um, (laughs) uses middleware. And they all use middleware to integrate all of the applications they use in their business. So they're not paying virtual assistants or employees to do double data entry and like real-time copy and pasting stuff over and to create the automations and all that stuff. And so, um, you know, it's... it's, uh, Shoot, I used to think virtual assistants were cheap, but RealSync is uh, ah, way cheaper. It's a way cheaper. A fraud, yeah, here's the, the price. Here's the thing I find fascinating is you have people out there in the industry that have not taken the time to research what are the best systems, tools, processes to, mm-hmm. to implement. They're just barely getting along. As you yeah. start to understand that everything is not created equal, every brokerage has a different USP and most brokerages have nothing to offer. And so you have to go out to third-party companies that make the one thing their CRM or the one thing the middle company that you guys have with RealSync. And one of the things we've come to realize and recognize is that we wanted to stay brand agnostic, one from a coaching standpoint, so we could coach everyone to the products that work best, not just the one brokerage brands products. But then two, if a brokerage brand goes away, or we go away from a brokerage brand, we wanted to be in a position where they couldn't hold us captive because all of our tech stack was based on their tech stack. And so this integration, what did you call it? A middleman or middle, middle something? Middleware allows you never heard of that. all your tech. The bridges. Yeah. I mean, dude, you know, Jeff, what's crazy is like middleware got, um, middleware companies started popping up in the 90s. And um, over the last five years, the largest acquisitions in the tech space have been middleware companies. Companies. Yeah. So... For example, um, Salesforce. Salesforce bought MuleSoft, which was a middleware tool for you know a lot of big companies. And like you wouldn't go get MuleSoft if you had a real estate team. It's for companies that are doing like you it's know big like, corporations, for example, 100 million plus in like real real revenue, big corporations. Because you got to get the software, then you got to have somebody build it out, and then you got to maintenance. Right. It's like it's a, the damn software itself is like 50 to 100 Gs a month plus the cost of someone building out. But cheaper than a virtual so, assistant. All day long in the back closet, going well for for a, for a big corporation for sure. sure. But you know, with real estate teams, it didn't exist previously any kind of middleware software, and you had all these companies out there trying to like say, "Oh, we're going to go create this all in one solution." And um, so, anyways, the thing I appreciate about RealSync is I can pick and choose what software applications I want, and then mm-hmm. RealSync, you know, integrates them for me. 
Okay, so, so for everyone so listening, and the intention was not to have a real sync pitch today. No, no, but of no. course, it naturally turned into that, and that's fine. So, what would be some of the things that the people listening might have right now, and they don't know that through real sync they could create a bridge so that they have less data entry for their admin or their virtual assistant? I'll, yeah, so I'm, I'll just tell I'll, I'll tell people what I'm using for my real estate team. So, like my sign call capture, okay. my sign call capture yeah. system, I have integrated with Boomtown. Um, I have Boomtown integrated with Sisu. Um, I have Boomtown integrated with my transaction management platform. Um, I have one of my most favorite. Real quick, what are you using? Can do you mind sharing your, for your transaction management platform? Salesforce. Oh, really? Wow. Okay, yeah. keep going. Um, and then uh, I wouldn't recommend that again, but I'm nope. like so far down the rabbit hole. I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> You're committed. Um, so I don't recommend Salesforce. But. Um, uh, so, and then, uh, another one I'm using is called Fe- fellow is this iBuyer platform. So you can offer an instant offer solution. So we have, I we have fellow integrated with, um, with, uh, uh, that was started by Ryan Young from Williams, by the way, they've raised tons of money cool. backed by the founder of Op City and a bunch of, anyways, it's really, really cool. Uh, and then I've also got, um, uh, on, on the accounting side, you know, <clears throat> it's a little bit more robust, but, um, dude, it's, a, it's like a, Right. I mean, I've got like 12 different pieces of software. They're all connected. Um, I don't want to, I don't want this to be a sales pitch for all these different software companies. So anyways, <laughs> uh, we're also, we're also in the process okay. of connecting his Salesforce to Qualia, which is, a Oh, Oh, I got to tell you about my favorite. I do. This has been the most favorite one recently. So Jeff, I don't know about you, but one of my the things that's like the biggest pain in the ass for me is to get my agents to put the freaking database in the CRM. And it seems so simple. Like, Hey, your sphere of influence, people like you, they'll probably close deals. Right. But like getting them to actually do that, talk about a huge pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, Scott just launched this thing called Google Contacts. And literally, I click a button and it boop, sucks all their Google Contacts out of their Gmail and pushes them into the CRM. Like, okay. I like boom, that. Like that. And because most sudden, people, when they're doing their phone transfers, everything like that, they're housing most of their contacts in Google, is what I've well, seen. So, what? So what it is, is it's actually your phone phone with Gmail. Yeah, yeah. Because like when you set up your phone, you're syncing it to your Google if you have Google. Yep. So you can grow as soon as you put a contact in your phone, yeah, yeah. It shoots into uh, your your CRM, which is awesome. So the circle back for what we were talking about initially about how people want to use a real estate agent to do a transaction, like now's the time to be working your database and the people in your that you've been collecting in your phone, right? So how do you make sure that you get them into your CRM for automation, for welcome emails, for follow-up, mm-hmm. tasks, all that stuff? And to circle all the way back, Chris forgot to say that MuleSoft was bought by Salesforce for $6 oh. billion. $6 yep. billion with a B, right? So anyway. And then, but, IBM, and then IBM bought one called Informatica for $5 billion. Yeah. Like these middleware, you know, there's not... The thing is, there's not many companies like solving this problem. But like, dude, when I started using RealSync, I'm like... Holy shit! Why did my lead volume go up three hundred percent for my signs? Like literally, they connected. Scott connected my call capture sign call capture system with my CRM, and I'm looking at the Boomtown dashboard. And I'm like, all of a sudden, my over a thirty day window, my lead volume for my sign calls goes up three hundred percent. I'm like, WTF? I've been doing this hmm. for you know twelve years, went up three hundred percent. How the how the f did that happen? Right. And I'm like, and I dive into it. I'm like, mother effort. The agents are logging into the sign call capture system. Yep. And when they can't reach the person on the first call, they're not manually going in and typing it in into Boomtown, right? 
And I was like, damn it, why didn't I why didn't I think about that sooner? So I can't even imagine how much money I lost by not putting yeah. it in place. We've always well, ran I, Google it, Voice for 10 years. And every time someone calls in on Google Voice, even if someone doesn't pick up, we see the call number and we add that as a lead. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're smart. Just got lucky, yeah. I guess. So I, I have a question for you two because you're both broker team owners, right? Like, do you feel like as we get through the holidays into the early next year that it's actually going to be a better market for your businesses because a lot of agents are going to X and A out and you're going to have a opportunity for more market share. It's only, in my opinion, it's only going to get better because a lot of people use the fact that the market's softening as an excuse to not work hard. So from a lot thought leadership standpoint, if you remind the agents that they only need to sell 24 homes to hit their goal, and if all of your agents, your hundreds of agents are hitting their 24 units to hit their goals, then your brokerage is going to hit their goals. It, it's our job to squash the messaging. And I'll even go back, Scott, to your very comment where you said now is the best time than ever to go through your database. I actually think that's bullshit. The best time would have been last year. Or the year before when it was a seller's market, everyone should have been going through, but they're egotistical, self-centered sons and bitches. And for that reason, a lot of agents just sat back and stuck signs in yards saying sold in one day. And then the broker stuck a yard, yard sign in that said top real estate agent lives in this house. And everyone patted each other's backs and gave each other awards. And they sold 57 houses and had their best year ever. But had they actually worked hard, they would have sold five times that many houses. And it's thought leadership that leads people down that path. And a lot of agents don't choose to follow. Yeah. And, uh, and, and just, so you, you know, on the, um, uh, you asked me this question at the front, on the front end about the market. And, um, I, you know, it is what it is. The market's not as good as it was. Some markets worse than others, but like, if anything, when the market gets bad, you just gotta, you gotta double your numbers, right? So like 40 contacts as a buyer's agent, for example, you know, it typically net like one to two appointments a week. Well, when, when there's not as many buyers out there because interest rates double, well, instead of 40 contacts, now you got to be in 80 contacts, which means instead of logging an hour on the phone a day, you got to do two hours. Oh my gosh. You know, it's still not two like, oh. hours a day and uh, 127 hours awake per week. You have to spend 10 hours prospecting. What a miserable existence. I know. <laughs> Can you guys tell I'm a little cynical? I hope I have KW lead agents listening. If I do, Come to me and you'll get a $20 Starbucks gift card. Would love to hear that you're listening to the podcast like I've invited you to do. I'm sure no one will come to me and that's totally fine. <laughs> well, they don't want just one cup of coffee because that's what it costs them. It's true these days. They want two. Come on, Jeff. And I love your guys' share with everyone listening about the idea of building these middle companies that can make them a big $6 billion exit because you're literally giving ideas to your future competition, but we also know no one's going to do that either. No one's going to do it. It's too yeah. difficult. You know what I've learned? Everything's really hard. Yeah. It's fun, Scott and Chris, going back to the, our beginnings. I mean, it's been at least 10 years I've known each of you. Um, I remember very vividly, Chris, you and I sitting down with Tim Heil and having some yeah. Mexican food in Austin. And we Austin were talking about, I remember and we were that. young, dude. It was yesterday. It was yesterday and 10 years ago. I mean, it's You wild. were traveling the country, trying to meet all these successful teams and trying to figure out how to grow. grow a trying to figure it out, man. And one of the things yeah. I've learned from all of the top people, while it seems simple, when you dig in, it's not. It, it is complicated. There's lots of politics. There's lots of legalities. Every state's different. Every city's different. Every franchise is different. And so while you hear thought leadership or someone else say how simple it is, it's not. But if you choose to work hard and you follow formulas and patterns and you fail, 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 and borrow money and fail, 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 fail. And you can, you can be successful. And you I think gotta, that 
You got to yeah. be dumb enough to get punched in the face 99 times. 100%. And you have one last final time to find success that, you know, ultimately helps you break through that plateau. One of the things that I've been sharing <laughs> a lot with my top connections and mastermind group is all of us think that when you hit that 6 billion exit, that's the win. That's not the win. The win is the journey getting to the exit. It's who you have to become to get to the exit. I was actually speaking with a co-friend of ours, Scott, Sam uh, Monreal. He came mm-hmm. into Omaha a couple of days ago with his VC firm out of Austin, actually. Yep. Um, and they had a company they were going to be visiting with. And anyways, he and I were just kind of talking about our growth journeys and the things that have impacted us the most so that we could become better humans and be more happy. And what we really have agreed to, and I'm 41, it's not like I figured everything out, but the journey is what makes it fun. It's not arriving. Once you arrive, then you're like, shoot, what am I doing next? Like, what's my next thing? Man, I was just, uh, I was on a thing. I was on a training session with, um, uh, man, what's his name? He's like, his mom ran uh, KW Maps Coaching. Um, I won't Kukoska, know. Sean Kokoska. Okay. I was on this training with Sean Kokoska yesterday. So Diane is his mom. I've heard her name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Diane. So he's like, he's like, you know, tell me about like when you got started. And I said, well, I mean, I was, I remember working on this red Ikea couch and, um, I would, I would prospect literally like from seven forty-five until noon, you know, five, six days a week. And then I'd call like for an hour in the evenings. And like the first six months I was terrible. Like I couldn't set one damn appointment. <laughs> you know, in like a four to five hour time block. I mean, I was freaking dreadful. And then after six months, I was finally like, there's got to be a better way. And so then I got into coaching. I, I, you know, like for whatever reason, I thought I was going to be all innovative and creative and like reinvent the wheel or some shit. But yet I'm working on a red Ikea couch and broke as a joke. And, um, and then I got coaching and like everything started changing. I started booking more appointments. And then, and then I got lots of appointments. I met people face to face and then I couldn't figure out how to convert anybody. I was like, damn it. I can't, I go on 20 appointments. Nobody will sign the damn listing agreement. Yep. You know, then get more coaching on sales. And then like, again, everything takes off. So man, for real estate, unless you have billions of dollars, like open door and offer pad, like you're not going to go reinvent the wheel. The, in, you know, I don't know if you noticed, Jeff, I, I Googled this one time. NAR was founded in 1908. This, this industry has been around. Dang, man. Time. I didn't know that. I'm sorry you even Googled that. That sounds awful. You must have been really bored. <laughs> what else have you Googled, Chris? Send me over your history. Uh, you don't want to look at that, Jeff. Hey, I was I'm really really just interested in like the history of how the real estate industry has, you know, kind of a, you know, how it's grown over the years. Yeah. It's actually quite fascinating when you think about what NAR has done. You know, NAR takes a bunch of takes a bunch of shit. But like, you know, they helped create Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac in the government back in the 1920s and 30s. And like, ultimately, like what in what is what has become like the lending component of um, mm-hmm. mortgage, um, you know, is a big thing for them. Uh, so, anyways, Which, by the way, no one really considers this, but we wouldn't be able to help families buy and sell homes if the government wasn't backing these 30 year fixed mortgages right. so that we could go make our 6% commission, right. which is actually being paid to us through the mortgage that they're securing. Yep. No one thinks about it. There's other countries that don't have 30 year fix. You can't go to Canada and get a 30 year. They have like five year or seven year adjustable rate mortgages. There's no 30 year fixed products. Dude, a lot of countries around the United States don't have like lending like we do. Right. I was like, that was it's so mind blowing to me. Yeah. A lot of countries, you can't go get a loan on a house for 30 years. It doesn't exist. Do you know the stat, Chris? And we need to wrap. I know you're almost at time, but there's a stat for how, what percentage of doors, domiciles in the United States are owned privately by investment co- groups versus uh, privately by like homeowners that yeah. are occupied by homeowners. Is it 50-50? I, I, 
I, I don't know, but I know that number's gone up significantly. I've heard it recently. I think someone said 50-50. Another interesting stat is that 50% of brokerages I just heard recently are independent and 50% are franchises. Mm-hmm. I thought that was unique as well. Well, the shameless plug, thank you, Chris, for bringing it up. Coaching is going to be the game changer that everyone listening is going to need going into 2023. Thought leadership, um, all of the, you know, services, systems, processes, technology to help you grow and scale your dominant team and or brokerage in 2023. So for more information about that, go out to growwithers.com. We have an upcoming event in March, our team building workshop. We have our upcoming event this coming summer, the team building summit. Um, would love to have real sync there if you guys are interested in participating and speaking, but it's going to be uh, a really fun 2023. We love that the, I love that the market is softening. I want a neutral market. Sellers markets aren't good. Buyers markets aren't good. We want three to seven months worth of inventory. That's the right market to be in. It's stable. Of course, rates will come down. That always happens. They go up and down. That's part of the game, guys. There's a book Gary wrote called Shift. Shift explains exactly the economy we're in right now. Don't let the marketing and the media that you see out there tell you that you can't go sell 50 houses or 500 houses and hit your goals. That's all bullshit. And if you want to use that as your excuse to be lazy and play Xbox and eat Taco Bell, then go ahead and do it. I'd love to come join you. Dude, expired listings right now are off the freaking chain. There are so many damn expireds. I mean, that's how I got started. You know, people asked me back in 2015, 2016, 2017, like, what did you do to get started? And I said, I was calling expired. So I was with you, dude. But, but Red then, X, the Red X, which is still exists. Yes. Um, yep. Vulcan 7. Uh, Cole Directory is actually based out of Omaha. And they provide a lot of that data to the Red X. But essentially, guys, there's software products out there built to just serve you up on all those expired listings. And that's a great vehicle to, to grab listings and then generate buyer leads. Right now, it's the number one opportunity I see. For new listings, 100%. Awesome. Um, how do we get in touch with RealSync, Scott? Just Scott at RealSync.com. Just reach out or go Spell to RealSync. R-E-A-L-S-Y-N-C-H. The H is because we didn't want to give someone $10,000 for the domain with the C. <laughs> so awesome. that guy can go Perfect. himself and uh, yeah. we have an H hey. at the end. Yeah, sorry. If you're uh, listening, you get a $25 gift card to Starbucks. <laughs> that gentleman. <laughs> awesome well that's it scott yeah. at realsync.com s-y-n-c-h so they saved ten thousand uh, dollars thank you chris thank you scott this was a fun episode hopefully our listeners found something of value that they can apply in their business today um stay tuned for our next amazing episode we're going to be interviewing um somebody very well known in the industry steve murray steve started real trends which people could apply in teams and brokerages could be in the top 100 or top 500 or top 5,000. I don't know. Um, But he's done over 4,000 business valuations for teams and brokerages across the country. And he'll be our next guest. So thank you guys again for coming on. And without further ado, appreciate your, your time. Thanks, Jeff. Bye, guys.